0: Welcome to uh, another edition of Record Roundtable, where we cover the new music that comes out within a, a month. We do this monthly, as you know, you've been here for long enough to figure that out, and this month, we're talking about February music. This is Caleb Robinson speaking. I'm here with
1: This is Tyler.
0: Tyler, how long has it been since you've been on the 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 month end episode? Has I don't it been know, a full been a has it been almost a full year now? If not a full no, year?
1: I don't believe it's been a full year. Okay. I can't remember some Some big album came out not long ago. That I know. was big for me yeah. and I was on.
0: Was it I don't, Oh, no, was it when um Oh my gosh! I'm I'm losing it. Um, Quirky. What month did that come
1: out? But that would have been a while. That would have been a long time ago. It's been since then.
0: Has it been since then? Okay.
1: I believe it's been something I can't remember. It was in the fall sometime. Whatever, it doesn't matter.
0: Okay. I just I didn't know if you remembered because I certainly didn't. It, it would matter if
1: we could remember. But we can't remember things, so it doesn't yeah, matter anymore.
0: It doesn't matter anymore. So usually what we've been doing lately is that it's me and Jared and of course with Jared the the tone is different. Uh, things are a little more hodgepodgy all over the place because Jared and I tend to listen to different music. So we can bring different things to the table in terms of, you know, what you're listening to, what I'm listening to. Uh, but for the most part, me and Tyler here, we're, we're keeping it kind of, uh, consistent. We've got like, uh, the same albums that we're both thinking about and both, uh, potentially going to talk about. So we're going to do that. And, uh, the one that I sent Tyler first, the one that I just opened with is the album, uh, for the first time, the debut album from black country, new road, which I had kind of already assumed is just probably going to be Tyler's favorite album this year. I don't know. I could be wrong, but we'll see
1: could be we don't know it's
0: pretty good though
1: it, it's a pretty good album it's uh, really pretty it's good the only it's the only one on this list that i already own
0: but you already got it yeah you got it that fast
1: Wow. i got a, a limited release of like an indie um like record shop version uh-huh where the cover art is negatized oh i
0: did see that is it already sold yeah. out
1: Oh yeah, on their website it is. But Travis had. Some you may still have one if you want to grab one. I might have to do that. So I had him send me one.
0: I might have to do that.
1: So yeah. Remind me at the end of this
0: episode. Yeah, yeah, Elu should do that. You should do that. Okay, cool. That's cool. I'm I'm glad that you liked it enough that you actually like sought it out.
1: It doesn't surprise me.
0: uh Black Country New Road is basically like in the same kind of realm of like the math Rocky. Uh, I mean, it's got a lot to, it. I don't even know really how to describe everything that's going on there. It's Obviously it's in the drive. same world as like the black MIDI album that came out. Was it 2019?
1: Uh, um, yeah, 2019.
0: Yeah. So they cause they're, they're kind of in the same, you know, territory in a lot of ways. Um, but it also has other influences. Like you can get a little bit of slint off of it. You can get a little bit of, even like an American football at some points. Like I can get <laughs> a lot of different artists off of it, but then also like the opener is just like this weird, like jazz inspired. Uh, I don't know. I, the whole album just blew my mind. I couldn't follow it, but I loved everything I was listening to.
1: It's just like a bunch. So if you know this, I've listened to some things and read some articles, I guess. Mm-hmm. And that's the best thing we're going we're gonna to have to do to try to describe. Because right. if you understand the band, then you kind of can get where they're coming from. Because it's a bunch of people playing yes. all sorts of different things. So everyone, like there are people who play the saxophone. That's a, that's someone who is in the band. Someone yes. who plays guitars in the band. Someone... So all the people come together and they do a full collaborative writing situation. Right. So everyone has a place in it and whatever, you know, some like these people will have to have something that's going to be in there. Everyone has something that's going to be in there.
0: Yeah. Like, it's not like, Oh yeah. The guy just picks up the saxophone sometimes, or this person happens to play violin on this song. It's like, this is what they're here for. Right. There are so many people here that all get to be a part of this group and make something that is like very wide in terms of what it covers, because there's so many different cooks in the kitchen trying to make it.
1: Yes. So that's kind of like the, the, what's going on with this album is it's just like a bunch of stuff. It's a bunch of stuff and not arranged in a way that is sensible and that works. And it's only what, seven songs. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's kind of got a I don't want to say it's got a prog element to it, but it's sometimes it kind of like plays like a prog song.
0: I could I I could see that. And it's really not long either. I mean, all of the songs are quite long. Uh yeah, you know, the the shortest one is just around five minutes. It's four minutes and forty four seconds. So, Mm -hmm. you know, seven actually no, it's six songs. Not seven, six. Uh, Six. So it's got six songs at 40 minutes and all the songs are, you know, pretty darn long. They're certainly, I mean, this is pretty obvious because of everything we're talking about. They're not looking to make hits. They're just making to make cool music, you know, but like, right. Um, it's weird because like, I don't know. I i, I don't want to, to jump ahead. I don't want to be hyperbolic, but I feel like this album is going to end up being just one of those like cult favorite albums within the next couple years. Like, This is going to be one of those albums like Spider Land that people come back to and say, like, oh, yeah, this is where something really interesting happened. You know what I mean?
1: I think so. I mean, it's already gotten quite a bit of like chatter. Yes. In various circles about like what's going on with it, which I've some of the interviews I read even talked about. They had asked people about that. And they're just like, oh, yeah, we didn't think that people were going to like it that much, but we're glad they did. But where we already have like stuff we're working on for, because people are like, well, what, you, what will happen next then? You know, like, right. No one can focus long enough on what's happening right now. An album that came out three weeks ago. Right. Uh, To not be asking, what are they going to do next time? You yeah. Know? It's like,
0: because that's the thing is that like with these like cult albums, like the way that I looked at it is like, if black country new road, never made another album ever again, we would get to sit on this forever. You know, like right. again, like, if you go back to – because they they are inspired by Slint. Like, this isn't something that right. I just, like, magically pulled out of my ass. Like, they even reference – um no. Yeah,
1: they call themselves, like, the the world's best Slint cover band or something like
0: yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yes, thank you. Yeah, I'm <laughs> glad that you – They I'm, mentioned yeah. Black
1: Midi as well in there. They is, do, yes. And so. so,
0: like, you know, they kind of wear their – not just influences, but contemporaries on their sleeves. But, like, right. you know, Slint's album came out in, like – the early nineties and we still 91. remember it, you know, like yeah. in the same way that like, cause I mentioned American football, I still think that some of their kind of math rockiness finds its way into for the first time. And yeah,
1: the, the emo, the emo, uh-huh. if you will. Yeah. The, 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 the
0: yeah, the kind of like West, not West coast, uh, Midwest emo. Um, mm-hmm. but like, there's a little bit of that to it as well. And they had an album that came out in like 99 and it, they didn't release another album for like 17 years. Like yep. these are the kind of albums where like they're so crazy and odd and like in your face and all over the place to the level that if they don't do anything else, they're we're not gonna just like forget this album happened. at least that's the way that I look at it. I could be totally wrong, maybe this album won't last uh, for you know because again, it's February. it literally just came out recently, but sometimes you just get that impression, you know.
1: Yeah, it's certainly interesting. Uh, in the article, some of the uh, interviews that I read, they already have been working on new stuff. Uh huh. So they will have another album come out, and it will be something else.
0: Yeah. Oh, there's no, so, there's no way they would do the exact same, exact same thing.
1: Well, it's. I think they've even just like moved into different, totally different ideas from what it seemed. Yeah. From what I read about it. So, but um, you know, this album is just super good. It's things are atmospheric and kind of like flowy to an extent the the songs are not as they don't feel as long as they are now because they kind of have some shifts in them and they they move they pull you through them so it's a it's a good album it's a good listen and i think that the uh way that the tracks are arranged are really good as well i think they the 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 idea of how this these six songs should come together as an album really ended up working out pretty well so and two of them were released early as singles or just kind of teaser songs. That would be yeah, uh, sunglasses, which is the longest song and was a single. That's kind of crazy. It is pretty crazy, and sunglasses and is really good. It is really good, but it's almost ten minutes long. It's yeah. it's just crazy. Not what you expect was- to be a
0: teaser track because it's a literal <laughs> fourth of the album.
1: Right. <laughs> it's quite a big um,
0: teaser when you really break it down that way.
1: And then Athens, France was the other one that was released early. So
0: yeah. Definitely worth checking out. Definitely, definitely one of those albums that like, uh, you know, it might not land for you, but I would recommend pretty much anybody at least give it a shot. Some albums I'm like, eh, maybe not for everybody. This is one where I'm just like, just give it a spin. If you don't like it, at least now, you know, but it's worth a shot. Give it a try. Black Country, New Road. Uh, let's go ahead and try the next one. Uh, we're going to talk about, I'll just go down the line. Uh, the next one we're going to do is Slow Ties' new album, uh, Tyron. So slow tie, as you can tell by the, uh, the pretty thick accent, uh, it, it's not too unapparent, but he is obviously not from the States. He is oh. from the UK, uh, UK based kind of grime hip hop is a way that some people would kind of describe What he's uh, inspired by, but this is his second album. First one came out a couple years ago, Nothing Great About Britain. Uh, Definitely kind of examines more of like a political end of things, but he's definitely Mm -hmm. very, as you came from that track, very in-your-face style of hip-hop. And the way that Tyron works is that it's a two-part album, and the first part kind of stays within that same... Uh, stratosphere of kind of in-your-face hip-hop and then the other half of the album like goes way more toned down and introspective and kind of sincere and sweet which is also weird because you don't really expect a two-part album to be 35 minutes long
1: yeah short songs
0: short songs indeed uh what are just
1: thoughts or ideas kind of in a way i guess say again they can more be represented as just thoughts, I guess, in a way.
0: Yeah, I would. I'd say you're probably you know? right about that. Like, I mean, because the album really, you know, as the album kind of trails off, it, it's very clearly like you know, it's just like a phone call kind of thing where he's like, "Hey, I you just want to say I love you and I miss you," kind of thing. Like, it yeah. does feel like very just like kind of this is where my mind is at right now. Kind of album. Uh, are you aware of the context of kind of like the first half of the album? Like, do you know what was going on with Slow Tie? uh semi-recently? Uh,
1: I don't think so.
0: So about a year ago, he almost got quote unquote canceled. Uh because I thought I
1: heard something like that, but mm-hmm.
0: I... he was at the Enemy Awards and he was supposed to be getting the Hero of the Year award. Uh he's apparently people had perceived that he was like kind of leering at the host of the show. And then they had this really, really odd exchange Uh, You can see it, like there's a video of them having this odd exchange. It's kind of uncomfortable, uh, I would argue for sure, and and you can tell that there's something jokey about what's happening, but there's also like a very clear, there's probably tension in this moment, and it's not just a pure joke. Uh, Somebody in the crowd ends up calling him like a misogynist, and he goes and tries to fight them. So the whole thing just breaks down. The whole situation was a whole mess, and they were pretty – they basically a lot of people were kind of calling out for him to, to have some, you know, comeuppance from this. Uh, and so really, you know, the first half of the album is him just being that kind of loud mouth. I mean, if you look at the song canceled kind of right there, you know, like, nope. the, you know what's going on there, but you can kind of see it's this braggadocious. I don't care mentality on the first half. But then the second half is this more like sincere thing where it almost sounds like maybe he's apologizing recognizing that maybe it's like being self defense kind of way like there's there's something going on here a little bit more uh internally than there was on the first album.
1: Hmm. Yeah, I I um it doesn't hit with me the same way. Mhm. though because uh although I mean so it's not it's a more it's kind of a common dynamic that we see in artists is that some albums and potentially albums like this, a back-to-back album, Mm -hmm. one is more, uh, outward looking and one is more reflexive, right? You know, so which is kind of what has happened here. And maybe that's as a result of some of the potential things he's experienced recently, Mm -hmm. you know, so, that makes sense. I mean, those are that's like a thing that we see happening. So that's a, a common theme. But the like musically, what has happened on this album? Yeah, the shift that he's made musically just it, I, it does not suit me.
0: Are you saying the shift is what doesn't suit you? Meaning that you're not a big fan of like the second half of the album, or you just don't like the whole project? Uh, I don't overall. I don't
1: like the change. The change. That is made sonically from the first album to this album.
0: Gotcha. Okay. So
1: the the first album feels more grimy. It feels yes. more. I'm smushing some different genres and ideas together. Sure. And it actually, I, I like on on first listen. I enjoyed it, his first release, his his debut. Yes. And I went back and listened to it just a little bit, a little, a few pieces of it, and it kind of made me be like well i don't know maybe i was just kind of like this sounds really cool to begin with but now separated from a little bit i'm not sure i'm not i I don't dislike the first one but i'm not sure i liked it as much as i did yeah but um it certainly felt like calling it being able to just call it hip-hop was difficult
0: sure because it was
1: the the hip-hop elements were obviously there but there was a lot of other things mixed in here he's kind of just like honestly a lot of these sounds are very uh these songs have lots of very commercial sounds in them that I'm just not interested in.
0: Oh, for sure. I mean, like Mazza is for sure just like a pretty typical trap rap song. Like it mm-hmm. sounds like a Playboard Cardi song. And I'm like... Yeah,
1: and I really hate How did ASAP this happen? Performance. I don't like his performance in it either. Really. I don't
0: either. It's, it, it's very... Some of the performances here don't make sense to me. So like Skepta right. is definitely the best featured artist for me. I actually like... Like I don't love the message of Cancelled. Uh, which shouldn't surprise anybody who knows me at all. Uh, but I think that the song is like really, really sick. Like it's a really good song to me at least. Um, and I think that there's other ones that are on here. Like, cause on the other end, I do think that the song Push is really good. And I think Deb never does a good job of doing the female vocal end of that song as well. That kind of like contrast with his, you know, odd male voice that he uses throughout his music. Um, But other places like, you know, ASAP Rocky, like you said, James Blake and Mount Kimby make sense to be on that side of the album, but I didn't Mm -hmm. find what they did to be super interesting. I completely lost Denzel Curry. Like I didn't get anything out of Denzel Curry being on this album at all which makes no sense to me at all. How do you have Denzel Curry on your album? And I don't get anything out of it. Denzel Curry Mm -hmm. is like the bedrock of everything he ever participates in. What did you do? You know, like, yeah. So so I agree.
1: Denzel Curry, Denzel Curry.
0: Yeah. I don't, I don't know. But so, yeah, I don't know. I didn't love the full album. I definitely like, I think that I like, uh, the direction of him kind of splitting these up, you know, like if it was a case that, he had, like, this first half and the second half smushed together, and some songs were nice and sincere, and other songs were just this weird, like, trap, grime, hip-hop album. I, I would have been very confused, so at least the split makes it easier to see where I'm going, you know? Right. Uh, but I don't, I don't think the either of them are a particularly new take on either end of the music. I think there's some good no. songs, but I don't I, love I don't the think overall even... picture here.
1: I don't think they even sound as like unique or interesting as the previous album. To be honest with you,
0: no, probably not.
1: I mean, they're just there's there's just so much, um, kind of status quo where hip hop, whether it be like better hip hop of today or not, is right now mm-hmm. on this album that I just don't. I have no, you know, for me, I mean, I've, I've said it many times as a hip hop listener, I want something interesting that stands out. For sure in the musical portion of it. And so, you know, when it just like meets status quo and this is what people are doing, I'm not I have zero interest in listening. I could find it almost anywhere. Yeah,
0: I think that's fair.
1: And that's kind of what happened to me on this one. So that's reasonable. I think that's reasonable.
0: All right, next one we're gonna listen to is uh Mogwai's new album As the Love Continues. All right, Tyler, what did you think of the new Mogwai album? Which also I'd like to state for the record uh, because I am not quite old enough. Uh, I did not know what a Mogwai was until literally this week. I've listened to them before. I've heard of the movie Gremlins. I've never really like paid attention that much to the movie Gremlins. Uh, but I certainly did not realize where the name of this band came from, and I'm kind of embarrassed with myself, to be quite frank.
1: Well, that's okay.
0: Thanks for being so I wouldn't
1: upset. be embarrassed. Thank does you. it does the name do they reflect the name in their sound? No.
0: I don't think it has anything
1: to <laughs> no, do. No, they don't. <laughs> it's pretty it's
0: pretty not relevant in any way shape or form. Anyways, what would you get off the album As the Love Continues? Did you like what you heard?
1: Yeah, it's pretty good. I like it. Uh it's kind of a um, it's atmospheric to an extent. It's it does nice, yeah. It, it's nice to put on and and just and sit there and like work your way through it. Yeah, you know, just letting it be, which I like.
0: Yeah, I think that's fair. It's definitely got a lot of uh, a lot of really good, just atmospheric, uh, you know, airiness mm-hmm. to it. So uh, Mogwai, of course, being a uh, post rock group that's been around since kind of the late '90s, right around when like a Godspeed U was kind of coming out in post rock was kind of first developing Mogwai, were kind of at the, uh, holding the realms, uh, holding the reins of of that kind of genre at that time. They were a big part of that kind of coming up. Mogwai didn't really ever become big by any means, because really post-rock never did become big. It's mostly like almost entirely instrumental. Um, so it makes sense that people didn't really latch on to a lot of you know, the groups that were coming out during this time with this sound, obviously it suits, uh, you know, many of the the very musically minded folks, uh, but it certainly is never going to cross into the mainstream. So, no. um, but this is now their 12th well, album, one, two, three, four, five, no, 10th, 10th album. Yeah
1: yeah certainly interesting as to the fact that their uh, biggest song off of this album is the one with lyrics on it
0: surprise surprise <laughs> which like and you don't get a lot of that from their albums you know like it's no. that's not something that they use that often uh i
1: like the lyrical element in that song though actually
0: i do too D- did you see what the song is kind of about
1: no, I didn't see anything about it.
0: If I remember correctly, and I don't know why I would pull this out of my ass uh, unless I was somehow completely lost, but I'm pretty sure it's like a, a tribute to David Berman of Silver Jews. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, which nice. kind of makes sense. They you know, came up around kind of the same time, obviously, different spheres of music, but, you know. Right. Uh, but, yeah, it, sound, it it's cool because Richie Sacramento, which is the one with the vocals on it, it's almost like a shoegaze song. Uh, yeah it's got kind of, ways, of that
1: feel the, the, the vocal delivery is certainly in on in that area.
0: Yeah, it's just like a really loud wall of distorted guitars. So like it feels pretty in the realm of a shoegaze almost. Um It
1: kind of feels a little bit like a later Modest uh minus the Bear song as well.
0: I could see that too. That's also a direction that you could go with that. So, um But like they don't when they actually use the vocals like it sounds different. Like it's it's new because it's not You know, like they're not using it at all. So when it does come in, you're like, oh, this is different from everything else that I'm hearing here.
1: Well, it's not really post-rock necessarily anymore. Because when you – it's not as much about building and creating a soundscape as it is about – it's layering in a different way. It's layering is like backing or padding or, you know, something for something to sit over top of.
0: Some of the stuff that they're doing doesn't feel like post-rock to me because usually I don't think about like – the synth usage that mogwai is using here as like a it's not where my head goes when i think of post-rock you know usually i think of like this kind of long build kind of kind of like the song it's what i want to do mom at the end of the album or the song it's another one that kind of falls in that same realm i guess uh, hmm? what
1: are you gonna say
0: what go ahead what were you gonna say Pat
1: stains like yep
0: that one that one definitely has a, a post rock sound to it I, I'm not huge on Pat stains because Pat stains to me sounds uh because it, it has that same repeating motive and I guess I don't feel like they flesh it out as far as I would have wanted them to um
1: I like that it gets it gets loud just past the midway point uh-huh and you think that that's the build and then it just gets louder
0: yeah that's true I could see yeah but
1: I think that's you know cuz normally it kind of builds to that and it's and once it reaches once a, a post rock song reaches the build mm-hmm. it just kind of swells and surrounds you yeah until it just ends in a way there's a lot of times that's kind of the way it feels sure. but here you know they it begins to swirl and do its thing and then it gets even louder uh-huh. cuz they add a bunch of fuzz guitar and on top of it that just likes boom pushes you even past it so that's i think that, that's what's fun for me about that one
0: i think that's and honestly like i mean obviously because we're about to cover uh godspeed you black emperor so like i think both of us were already kind of in a, a post-rock mood so it's i'm yeah. glad that we got to listen to a mogwai album that came out you know because like again it's not like i was even think i don't think about like oh hey look up you know new albums i wonder if mogwai released a new album it's not where your mind goes most of the time because they're not really a group um, that people frequent that often. I'm sure that they're somebody's favorite band, but, you know, they're not They're not by any means the name that people would be thinking is still even making music today because um, not like people even really knew a lot about what they were doing in the 90s. But they've been, like, I mean, with how many albums they have, they've kind of had a pr- fairly consistent discography output. Like, I don't think that they've missed an album in three years. So... 9799 2001 no. 2003 2006 yeah there's no album that took actually just now cuz the album from 2017 then took until 2021 so this is the first time they've taken more than 3 years to make an album so well they've, they've had, done
1: soundtracks in the meantime two soundtracks that's in the true
0: meantime. they do do the soundtracks as well so really yeah um, they 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 keep busy yeah they keep pretty busy. So, but yeah, I, I, I liked a lot of parts of it. I didn't love the whole thing, but I definitely, there were a lot of very good songs that still pulled me in and made me want to keep listening to it. Like, I, yeah. the one that I started with, uh, is that, you know, dry fantasy kind of synthy song. And like, I think it's a cool, like, uh, kind of shift away from what I usually think of with post rock. I like that they went in a more synthy kind of direction that I wouldn't have thought when I came into the album.
1: Yeah, I mean that you gotta change it up every once in a while and keep things a little bit different.
0: Yeah, that's true. Uh, okay, next one we're gonna talk about is the new Nick Cave and Warren Ellis album Carnage. Some people trying to find out who There
1: are some people trying to find out why. There's some people who aren't trying to find anything put that kingdom in the sky in
0: the sky Tyler, what'd you think of Carnage?
1: And it's a pretty good album. I enjoyed Nick Cave anyway, so it'd be difficult for him to do work on something that I dislike. I think some, of, yeah. some, sometimes it feels kind of more minimal, this album does.
0: I could see that, and I think that a lot, I mean it's hard because his albums over the last almost full decade now have really kind of stayed within that realm of like kind of almost minimalistic, but kind of goes a little further electronically albums. Cause push this guy away on really, he's kind of stayed in the sound to some degree. Yeah. But it doesn't, I mean, it's not like, uh, it doesn't feel like a retread to me. It still feels like a new album from him. Um, But it definitely feels like it's still in the heart of what he's been making musically over the last few years.
1: Yeah, I don't disagree. I mean, it's he's kind of been he has been in that world, so yeah, it definitely kind of fit in. I I, some stuff. There are some things on here that are more. uh, White elephant is a little more, less minimal, more something going on there. I I, think it's kind of. I like white elephant quite a bit.
0: Yeah, me that's too. Really the musical cool stuff
1: that's happening there is pretty interesting. Mm-hmm.
0: It gets real loud. It, mm-hmm. uh, it definitely, like, it feels a little bit more like his older stuff to me uh, compared to a lot it, of the other album, but it also, like, it has a pretty cool message. It's it's just kind of an overall, I think it's a pretty, pretty solid song. It's my favorite one off of Carnage, probably.
1: Yeah, it's definitely good. And it's got a bit of a build to it that just kind of keeps pushing and pushing and pushing, so...
0: I don't think, I mean, this, this, you know, sometimes I feel like we, I need to, but I feel like Nick Cave is one of those people where I don't really have to introduce who he is, um, (laughs) for what would be probably obvious reasons. It's Nick Cave. Uh, but if somehow you've made it this far into our podcast and haven't landed on Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds, uh, go do that uh, and then come back and then listen to this. That's more important. Uh, but Nick Cave is actually like, so the last album he released was Ghostine in 2019, uh, but that's not the last thing he's done uh, since then. So that album came out kind of the near end of 2019, but they got their uh, their live performances cut for what would be obvious reasons. We're in the middle of a, a pandemic. Hooray. Uh, and so they had planned on touring on Ghostine during that time. That obviously did not happen. So I think that he kind of got itchy not being able to perform the music he had just made, and so he ended up doing idiot prayer. Did you happen to listen to Idiot Prayer? Or, or check, I don't remember. check that it was happening.
1: I don't remember. I knew it was happening, but I I really don't remember if I ended up listening to it or not.
0: It was very good. I was a very big fan. I mean, I've I've become a huge Nick Cave fan since we covered him. I expected it was gonna happen. Uh, And I was far from wrong. I've definitely continued to really love Nick Cave and everything he's done since then. Uh, But Idiot Prayer was just him basically in a big concert hall, just playing music all by himself.
1: Oh, I'm familiar with the concept of it. I definitely heard about it. I don't know that I listened to any of it.
0: Yeah, but it's I mean he it's it's him by himself and he's doing covers. So you're taking songs from old albums that you wouldn't expect to be turned into piano ballads. You're taking songs off of albums that would make sense like a Boatman's Call uh or The Boatman's Call. Um like that that would be an album that obviously you would pull something and do a piano ballad from, but then like I think he did a Grinder Man song as mm. a piano ballad. And you're That'd like be interesting you did what, (laughs) you know, like there's definitely (laughs) some things you don't expect on idiot prayer. Uh, So he's still kept, you know, consistent. So it's not surprising to see that he would want to release a carnage. He did do Grinderman. song. that's That's what I thought. Yeah. Um, So he's, you know, he's kept active. Carnage doesn't feel like a huge surprise. He kind of said he was going to be doing something. Uh, It just wasn't, you know, indicated what was coming. I didn't realize it wasn't going to be a explicit Nick cave and the bad seeds album. Uh, but Nick Cave and Warren Ellis have been working together on other material outside of those things, too. So yeah. it makes sense that the two of them would end up doing something together kind of within this realm.
1: They've been working on a lot of soundtracks mm-hmm. together, mm-hmm. which they do uh, great stuff. Actually, one of my – a movie I really love, 2008 movie, The Assassination of Jesse James by the Coward Robert Ford, was a uh, Nick Cave and Warren Ellis. Really? soundtrack yeah and it's super good it's a great movie it's about two and a half hours long but it's really good
0: i don't think i've seen any of the film scores that he's done like i don't see the films that he's done the scores for so i've never been able to hear what he does with that but when you listen to anything from push the sky away on it it makes a lot of sense he'd do some some film scores
1: yeah i've seen three and i own two of them oh wow the movies is that
0: intentional or did that just work out that
1: way uh it just worked out that way assassination of jesse james by the coward robert ford i i liked how long the title was yeah (laughs) (laughs) that makes sense yeah so i was like i'm gonna check this out and it turned out to be phenomenal it's got uh it's got uh brad pitt as jesse james Mm -hmm. and casey affleck is in it so it's a great movie it's a really a great movie uh one of them that i've seen is lawless which is a pretty good movie Okay, good. In that, that's one with uh, Shia LaBeouf and Tom Hardy.
0: I never watched coming. it, but I, I think I saw parts of it.
1: It's pretty good. No, and then the it. other one is that I have seen and and is uh, Hell or High Water. Gotcha. Which is uh, Jeff Bridges, and uh, I can't remember who else is in it. It's pretty good as well, though. It's kind of a it's kind of a movie, and this is where they do really well. They're movies where the uh, the scores say as much as the dialogue. Okay. So there, you know, you really you have feel like read. the rising
0: tension of the music and it tells you yeah, like I mean, something's going you, on. You read moments,
1: you read moments based off of the scene. Yeah. You know, so the dialogue may be sparse, but the scene is saying a lot and the score really comes in to, to help there. So. I, I
0: like that. And that's, that's cool that that would be the kind of movie that you would want to get a Nick cave or just any really like, kind of like a uh, experienced musician inside of that kind of world who is good at not just making music, but also using music as kind of a dialogue. Like he's, he's very good at being a storyteller to begin with. Right. That's what his music is about. So of course he would know how to use his music to also like assist and sto- like telling a story.
1: Right.
0: Cause that's what he does. It's exactly yep. what he does. so, See? Yeah, I I like Carnage a lot. I think if you're a Nick Cave fan and you've liked anything he's done in the last decade, you're going to like Carnage, you know? Um, And I think that some people, like, they would like Nick Cave even if they didn't know they'd like Nick Cave. Like, I've got this friend that I've been talking to lately, and they're a fan of, like, Leonard Cohen, and they're a fan of, you know, a a bunch of different types of things that are kind of in this almost spectrum of music of a Nick Cave, (laughs) and so i like had them listen to like three songs from nick cave and i said okay this is him this is him and this is him i don't know how all three of these things are him but they are cuz i showed them like some of uh Bo- the boatman call some of murder ballads and some yeah. of skeleton uh, tree and it's like okay like you yeah there's a lot going on here but they particularly liked the more recent stuff so like you're gonna find something you'd like but if you like you you have to seek out Nick Cave and you'll probably find something you like and I think Carnage is definitely something you could totally like
1: yeah definitely and especially if the the connection to Cohen is there for me on this album especially later Cohen Mm -hmm. so
0: yeah I can see that for sure let's go ahead and switch over uh, to Julian Baker's new album Little Oblivion's did you get off of the new julian baker album tyler
1: i found it to be pretty much kind of on par with where she is i think that's fair fair. you know i think uh, it gets louder um, it is louder i think there's a little bit more involved in it Mm -hmm. there's a little like you know the songs have a little bit more going on they're a little there's a little more swell there's a little more instrumentation going on Mm -hmm. but i mean that makes sense in the type of music that she's got because it's kind of a I don't know what to call it. It's almost like a. It's not really folk pop. It's 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 fairly heavily pop, but it's right. I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. She
0: she goes in some different directions. I mean the the easy the easy thing to do the easy thing you can do is say that she's a singer songwriter, right? What we can really do with a lot of these things, but uh, but no, she is. You know, there's a little bit of indie, a little bit of folk. A uh, little bit of pop, a little bit of rock. You know, she she takes in a lot of those kind of sounds and finds ways to put them in. Um, yeah. But this definitely, I, I think that this album's quite a bit louder than the first two. It's her third album. She had sprained ankle in 2015. Turn out the bright lights, or turn out the lights, no bright. Turn Ooh, out the lights.
1: that Interpool here?
0: No, it's not. It's not Interpool. <laughs> it's just that that's where my head goes when I start saying that album title.
1: Yeah, clearly. It just kept going.
0: Uh, my bad turn I out the that, lights
1: 2017 go ahead i think that there's also some more um kind of standardized pop sounds on some of this like uh um, sure relative fiction the beat on relative fiction is mm-hmm. a fairly standard straightforward kind of pop feeling beat you know yeah i think she avoids falling into the realm of using that stuff too much i mean sure is taylor swift a singer-songwriter who's also a pop star yes you know what i mean
0: <laughs> right 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 uh,
1: so, but and I'm not talking her down. I mean, I her previous album, uh, actually the second of those two that she released last year, I pretty much enjoyed quite a bit. Yeah, but she sits in a different area. But she is starting to kind of toy with some of that, some of the, I guess, uh, excess. And I don't think it's it's that excessive, but sure, in terms of production that is used in pop music.
0: Yeah. um, I think that, and I, you know, I know that they're very different. I think that it's important to emphasize that they are very different, but I do think that there's a little bit of Phoebe Bridgers that rubs off, which makes a lot of sense. You know, they make different music. They have a different sound to them, but you know, when you're collaborating in something like boy genius with Lucy Dacus as well, um, you know, you're going to influence each other. And obviously Phoebe Bridgers kind of had a breakout year in 2020 um, and so, you know, some of that sound that you probably got from a very young Phoebe Bridgers in that music scene is going to rub off on somebody who's almost like the same age, making similar music. They're making music together. Of course, some of those same pop, pop flourishes that she is experimenting with are going to find their way into her music, too, sure. uh, especially because I'm sure that Julian Baker, though she does already have a pretty solid like underground indie kind of uh, uh, following. I'm sure yeah. she'd like to break out into the mainstream like a Phoebe Bridgers
1: too. Maybe. I mean, to a certain extent, maybe sometimes I've, when I, I, the, some of the stuff I hear when I've listened to, I own sprained ankle. I think it's a pretty good album. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that maybe she would. Sure. But sometimes I look at her and think that she's the kind of like the type of artist. that's like, I don't really care. I don't know. That's fair. But, um, uh, she's definitely not quite. I mean, each album is like a, a progression in her own life as well. Sure. You know, you can see things change. I thought springed ankle had quite a bit of, uh, or at least on some of the larger songs, uh, self-deprecating ideas. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that, that that, that kind of mentality is expressed here in the same way, you know? Um, I think that I think that the thing about singer songwriters and and people in that genre is that it becomes quite easy to tell your story as you go along. So it's kind of interesting to see the way that thoughts and ideas change as well Mm -hmm. across album.
0: I also do think that there is, you know, I think also um, tonally there are parts of the album because, like, you know, I did say it gets louder, but there are also points that sound a little bit more like the kind of like toned down version of what she's also done like a lot of that second leg of the album uh definitely goes in a little bit more of a a hushed direction uh some of these songs definitely don't have that same kind of like louder rocky but also still kind of uh you know borrowing from pop signatures uh there's definitely some just kind of straightforward you know kind of indie folk-y kind of songs I stress not quite indie folk, but certainly, you know, approaching that direction more than some of the other albums. So there's still a little bit of versatility on Little Oblivions that I think uh, you know, makes it so it doesn't quite um become boring or tiresome, I guess would be the way to put it. Like it doesn't it doesn't reach that point. Uh had the whole album kind of sounded like the the first leg. I feel like at some point it'd be like, Can you do a little bit more? At some point, I think it kind of just barely misses that by switching over to something else a little bit later in the album.
1: Yeah, I think so.
0: Cool. We got one more that's worth talking about for us. Uh, Probably won't spend an infinite amount of time on it for what we will provide as context in a moment. Uh, But we're going to talk about King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard's new album, LW. So, uh, for context, we just finished recording an episode about King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. We did not anticipate uh, a new album was going to be coming out at the same time. So, poor planning while also being great planning. Kind of a mixture of both. Uh, So, Tyler, how how tuckered are are you on talking about King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard?
1: Well, I could do it. You could do it? You think
0: you got the energy? I can do it. All right, all right, all right. I don't know. I I mean, like, really, we could just say if you want context on, like, who King Gizzard and Lizard Wizard is in general, go listen to the good band, bad band episode where we covered them as well as Jesus Lizard. So go do that. But let's talk about LW. So LW being their 17th album, which is really just kind of a continuation of their 20, like near end 2020 album, KG. So KG, King Gizzard, LW, Lizard Wizard. Whoa! Whoa! What how did, did how they do that? How they do that? Um, had you you listened to KG like when it came out or recently? I'm not sure like if you had kept up with that album. It's hard to keep up uh, with. I didn't listen I to all of it. Out. Say again.
1: I didn't listen to all of KG. i just listened to some of KG. Okay, um, but
0: obviously LW was in the same realm. Intentionally
1: to extend yeah i mean i i on kg though actually some of the bigger songs i i was getting some of the like uh indie indie folk of montreal kind of indie pop type feels sure more so than on lw it's a little bit heavier Mm -hmm. most of the almost the whole time
0: i would agree with that i think that's fair definitely kg definitely goes in directions uh that are a little bit more diverse i think than they do on lw i don't think that that's a bad thing either way i think that when it comes down to it like king gizzard and the lizard wizard have a very hard time missing uh i i find that when they do something even if they do something they've done before or they do something that's a little bit different i think it's hard for them truly to just miss the mark so even in the event that they have an album that is a little bit more of a hodgepodge or one that stays a little bit more tonally consistent, they probably still pull it off pretty successfully.
1: Most definitely. I think this is a great, a good album. I don't think it's bad by any way. Anyway. It's, uh, I still think it's pretty full of psych type stuff. Mm-hmm. Maybe kind of like wandering back around into that a little bit. Since they've kind of been back and forth on some of the other albums, but right,
0: obviously, because the other thing is, so KG and LW are kind of the continuation of the sound that they were doing on their 2017 first release, "Flying Microtonal Banana." They're still using some of these same kind of Middle Eastern instruments uh, and exploring those same microtonal sounds. It's it's even subtitled KG was is like uh, you know the part two, effectively of this. Uh, series so well that's
1: a standard that's also one thing we didn't acknowledge in the in the episode we just recorded is that area is that some of that microtonality and particularly eastern instrumentation is actually kind of a staple in psych music
0: i mean it definitely like oh no absolutely i think that's a very fair thing to assess because psychedelic music definitely toys With many of the instrumentation and sounds that come from the Eastern kind of realm of music. It's not in any way, like, fully traditionally Western sound at all. Right. Because really, I mean, not that I want to attribute it fully to maybe something that would be obvious, but a lot of the psychedelic sounds that were kind of, like, developed come from, like, the Beatles, and where did Mm -hmm. they get those sounds? You know what I mean? Like those sounds trans like transition into other portions of psychedelic music. But where did they get those instruments? When you think about it, you know what I mean? Like, it's not like, well, how do they figure out how to make these psychedelic sounds? They used those instruments. They used them that they wouldn't have used if they were making just regular Western music. That's how a lot of that started to shape.
1: Right. Exactly. It's, it's challenging your ideas and challenging the ideas of what Western music is by using Eastern instruments and challenging what the sound of Eastern instruments are and their place in music by using it slightly differently, you're using effects or things like that. so Yeah, just in general, I
0: think that the the new King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard album, basically, you know, if you already like them, it, it should probably land enough. Unless you're just kind of being like, why aren't they doing something new? Because I do think there's a certain level of like expectation at this point that King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard are just going to keep doing something new rather than just like maybe doing something they've done before and do it well. Uh, Right. So I think people just like, they're like, come on, do something different. It's like, for how long? At what point are they going to run out of things to do? Like, you kind of have to let them. Explore the ideas they've already explored at some point,
1: Seventeen oh. albums in. Who also really cares? I mean, yeah, we mentioned the OCs in the previous episode. I like the OCs, and guess what? They do the same thing a lot. A lot. And it's a really lot. Good. A lot. Yeah, it's really good every time.
0: That's the thing, because like, like with like this kind of music in particular. So like you know, obviously, if you're making like a standard pop album. It's a different conversation. If you keep making the same standard pop album, you're not really doing anything different. With like psychedelic, garage, you know, space rock, however you, you know, whatever you want to say about it, there's so much going on that even if you're making something that sounds perhaps in the same realm, it's still exceptionally different.
1: Yeah. There's There's a lot of room for expression in that music.
0: For sure. Because again, you're doing something far more experimental and, you know, avant-garde, if you will. Like, there's a lot of ways that you can take those directions, even if maybe the the kind of bedrock psychedelic sound still sits on the bottom, you know. Right. So, Tyler, was there any other uh, music related stuff that happened in uh, February that you feel like you'd like to to chat about before we transition on out of here?
1: Excuse me. I don't really think so. I mean, we're not in an era where that kind of stuff happens as regularly as normal. Yeah, that's Fortunately. yeah, that's true. Uh the Hold Steady had a new album. And I hope it sucked.
0: Uh you know, I don't have a lot of interest in checking it out. Uh there were you know, there are other releases that, you know, obviously happened within January, uh, February. We we don't cover uh obviously everything. Um I I listened to the Weather Station but didn't have a lot to say about it. Uh, Hayley Williams has a new album. Foo Fighters has a new album that I didn't, you know, necessarily feel like checking
1: out. Here's uh, one that I wonder about: Blank Mass.
0: You know, I didn't love Blank Mass's um, album that I listened to from a couple years ago, um, but you might like it. I'm not sure. I don't know. I just didn't. I didn't really uh, particularly love their sound. Um, but one thing that I would like to play. Uh, and it's not the, the music inspired by the film Music uh, by Sia. It is a, uh, a song that is a remix. I think this is a good song to end on. So um, if you haven't heard of them, you might have heard maybe me talk about them on a, a, a previous episode. But Dorian Electra makes this kind of loud, hyper-pop form of music. Uh, Tyler, are you familiar with Dorian Electra? I don't think so. No? Okay. So, for some reason, on Dorian Electra's uh, most recent album, which, again, we're talking, like, loud, abrasive, pretty weird uh, hyper-pop, it featured Rebecca Black, who you may remember as the singer who sang the song Friday, the YouTube Mm -hmm. sensation. Mm -hmm. Uh, Dorian Electra, uh, 303, and Big Frida – uh, we're all involved in a remix of that song, Friday, and it is an entirely different song by an entirely different person, truly. It is, like, not a teenager driving around in a car anymore. It is a completely different song, uh, and I think that it is perhaps the only right way to come out of this uh, this episode here. Thank you for listening to this bonus edition of uh, record roundtable where we play a really loud outro that doesn't make sense as an outro to a to a uh, podcast. We've been talking about February music and we'll be back in a month to talk about some music in March, which is where we are now. As you're listening, probably to this, check out our episode coming up here soon on record roundtable of Godspeed You Black Emperor. Go check out our. Sister podcast, good band, bad band. Thank you for listening as always, and goodbye. (laughs) (laughs) That's what you get for going to Florida for a month. I'm home on. You don't get to be on the February 2021 edition when you're not fucking here for 2021 February.